Chapter Seventeen of Some Haunted Houses of England and Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Some Haunted Houses of England and Wales by Elliot O'Donnell. Appendix to Number Thirteen, Hackham Terrace, Swindon. At Jarvis's request, I related to him the story of the screaming woman of Tahiti, taken from a collection of remarkable narratives on the certainty of supernatural visitations from the dead to the living, impartially compiled from the works of Baxter, Wesley, Simpson, etc. I chose this tale as the least hackneyed and best authenticated of the many accounts I had heard of similar occult phenomena. It is given in the original text, the extracts being taken from the letter of one S.W. to his friend Charles. I had occasion one day, he writes, to visit the hamlet of Barnley, some miles distant from Tehedi, where I was staying with some relations. My stay was unexpectedly prolonged till a late hour, and having promised to be at home before night, I was compelled to set out on my return much after the period at which it ought to have been commenced. Part of my road lay through a thick and lonely forest, and I confess that the task of traversing it would have been more agreeable at an earlier opportunity. My spirits were affected from some indefinable cause, and the chill, dark journey I was preparing to take did not tend to raise them. I swallowed a hasty cup of coffee with my friend, shook him cordially by the hand, and mounting my horse was soon at a considerable distance from his house. I was approaching the verge of the forest, and had just entered a narrow outlet from it, when I heard the roll of distant thunder and felt the wet and heavy droppings of a copious rain. Having scarcely a league farther to travel before I reached home, I determined to urge my horse to the utmost, and escape, if possible, by his speed from the impending storm. He broke at once into a gallop when I struck him with a spur, but had scarcely gone a hundred paces before I was thrown from the saddle by his abrupt stopping, and pitched with the greatest violence to the ground. I lay stunned for a few moments by the fall. The first thing that brought me to a sense of my situation was a hoarse scream uttered by some person who breathed close to my ear the rain which i had continued to grasp in falling was at that moment torn violently out of my hand i heard the noise of my courser's hoofs as he started back the scream was repeated and something rushed past me that clanked as it went like a horseman's heavy iron case sabre i sprang up from the earth and threw out my arms to ascertain if any individual were actually passing. The avenue was so narrow that I touched the hedges on each side of it, and felt instantly convinced that nothing human could have gone by. A recollection now flashed upon me that there was a tale of extreme horror connected with this part of the forest, and in spite of the principles which I summoned to my aid, it was in a mood of mingled desperation and amazement that I reflected on the circumstances with which my memory supplied me. The infirmary of Tahiti, about twenty years ago, contained a female patient who was known by the name of Martha. 
and had been admitted to that asylum at the instance of a stranger he stated himself to be her husband and assured the director of the institution with the appearance of the deepest sorrow that she laboured under a lunacy of the most stubborn sort which nothing but the most severe discipline attributed to his house was likely to abate he advanced a large sum for the maintenance of this unhappy creature saw her lodged in one of the strongest cells of the establishment and having recommended an unsparing use of the scourge thought proper to depart his meaning was not misunderstood the shrieks of poor martha were heard day and night in the vicinity of her dungeon and suspicion soon prevailed that she was being sacrificed to the cruelty of her merciless keepers an investigation of the case was proposed by some humane and spirited people but a calamity of the most awful kind put a stop to their endeavours martha was found dead on the borders of the forest at the very spot i have described to you a piece of ragged iron being clenched in her grasp with which she had torn and gashed her throat in a dreadful manner the escape of this wretched being was never well explained and hints were dropped that she had not left the prison alive her bloody and mangled remains excited a strong sensation among those who inspected them marks of the chain and the whip were conspicuous on every part of her body and long tufts of her thin grey hair were glued together by the stream that had issued from a deep fracture in her head the tokens of suicide however were undeniable and the remains of the poor maniac were in consequence buried near the place where they were found this occurrence had scarcely ceased to be the subject of conversation when the whole town of tahiti was agitated by events of a yet more appalling character hoarse screams were heard in the still dark hours of night and a pale bloodless face was seen pressing against several of the chamber windows fraud or delusion were naturally suspected in a business of this nature and the most scrutinizing inquiries were made into the evidence on which it rested no detection took place and the screams soon became so frequent that not a person continued to question their existence it was midnight when i reached home exhausted by anxiety and fatigue and being provided with a key to my apartments the people of the house had not waited up to receive me i drew off my boots and upper coat as a preliminary to the act of undressing and seated myself in a large antique chair from which when divested of my clothes i usually stepped into bed here i fell asleep owing to excessive weariness and may the next slumber that is likely to end in so horrible a way be never broken a dream was upon me full of blood and death the shrieking maniac flitted through my brain in a thousand forms and seemed at one time to stand over me brandishing a sword of fire the next moment i lay benumbed as it were in my seat while the maniac advanced from a dark corner of the room bearing in her right hand a human skull replete with some poisonous sort of drink this horrible potion was lifted to my lips which seemed to shut in vain against it 
the long bony fingers of the phantom being thrust into my mouth so as to force a passage for her accursed mixture it trickled down to my very heart in slow cold drops and when lodged there seemed by a sudden transition to burn and glow like flames of etna spellbound as i was such extreme agony passed my powers of endurance i uttered a frantic cry and sprang up from the chair darting towards the hag by whom my torment was inflicted the glare of her red eyes grew stronger as i advanced and a lean sallow arm was put out to repel me fearing the detested touch i hastily drew back some article of furniture intercepted me i fell and was plunged from the fall into a chasm which opened through the floor the shock of this awoke me and the first proof i obtained of my actual perception was the sound of that hoarse scream which a few hours before had been uttered in the forest this scream was repeated it seemed to issue from the windows i heard the casement flap as if a strong wind were shaking it and though my sinews shrank and withered at the noise yet i staggered to this window as fast as my feet would carry me a ray of light flashed in as i reached it and there pressed close against the glass i saw that same pale bloodless visage that has already been figured to you maddened by the sight i clenched my hand and drove it fiercely at the apparition its lips quivered the scream rang again through the apartment i was found the next day without sense or motion my hand dreadfully cut and the window shiver to pieces end of chapter 17